Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for the art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I am your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and whether you are the founder of an explosively expanding firm which has revolutionized the pothole filling industry, like Maryland, or a CPA who's mastered the intuitive art of business evaluation, like Christopher, we're here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters and to help your career and your business. Now, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Art of the CEO streams live through your many, many electronic portals and through the miracle of cyberspace. We come in uh, and every show may be downloaded by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash The Art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com, The Art of the CEO. So why not visit and explore for your own benefit? Now, today's episode is entitled Shopping for CEOs, What Top Talent Scouts Seek. Yesterday, we're going to take a very inside look at what major corporations are craving to find within those individuals they ask to take the helm and navigate their firm toward the most profitable ports. And we will also learn just uh, how some of our top recruiters scour the globe to unearth such uh, sought-after talent. And by very great good fortune, fresh from a scouting trip, I believe, in San Francisco or Siberia or some hinterland, to aid us on our quest, we have the amazing Miss Sharon Mon one of the nation's most select C-suite recruiters, a lady who both knows talent and holds considerable charm in her own right. But before we lay out our feast of CEO attributes and desired abilities, let's take a moment or so to supply you out there with a few utensils for our feast. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. That's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So will this be the day that you fire up your idea generator and enter the workplace bubbling with more ideas than your team can possibly fulfill? Or will you simply lapse into your to-do list and become the chores of the day? The choice is truly yours. Now second, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here. And here we are. Oh, oh, here's one. Here's one. Uh, this is number 61. And it's, boy, our sales are dropping through the floor. Times are terrible. We better stop advertising our product. And as an afterthought, as dumb as this reasoning sounds, it is, for some reason, almost universal that firms uh, cut the ad budgets whenever the times get tough. So from your point of view, why not take advantage of that trend? While others are cowering under the blanket of a fearful economy, why don't you reach out and fill that void with news of your own marvelous product, make the investment, and uh, set the sales generating? Now, as our third utensil, 
Perhaps we should call this day's utensil the superstition cleaver. We will give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe him or her to be. Just simply write the date and that name uh, and send it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're right, we will send along to you a marvelous gift from the dungeons of the Bart's Books bookstore. And the author of last week's quote, the individual who said, peace is better than war, living is better than death, we've just got to stop nuclear proliferation, was none other than the former governor of New York, who has recently passed from us, Mr. Mario Cuomo. A wise thought indeed. So now... Let us dig into the feast and call upon the expertise of that renowned selector and recruiter of top C-suite talent, Miss Sharon Mon. Sharon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bart. How are you doing? Oh, life goes well. Life goes well (laughs) as we launch into the new year. Yes. uh, Yes. Sharon, I understand that you are uh, a corporate legal refugee. You're an attorney who decided that you needed some thrill in your life, and so you now founded and now run Mon Consulting. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your shop does. Yes, I'm a lawyer by background. I'm a recovering lawyer, as you had had, had eloquently uh, put it. Um, <laughs> I found that uh, my background as a litigator truly helped me understand business. But rather than delving into writing legal briefs for 80 hours a week in a New York uh, City cubicle, I decided to go forth and find top talent uh, at the CEO level. And I thought it was much more exciting to meet the titans of industry uh, all around the world and winding and dining some of the top people um, in the top industries. Well, I, I got to admit, that sounds like fun. It uh, <laughs> seems like a daunting enterprise. But I, I'm curious, Sharon, how does one do that? I mean, you just sort of wake up one day and say, gee, I'd really like to be a globe-trotting talent scout that scours the planet for top leadership. And so wind and dine by, by major firms everywhere. I mean, do, do you hang out a shingle with, with those uh, desires? Or, or how, how do you get this skyrocketing business to lift off? Well, you know the old adage where they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I just always loved working with companies, finding top talent, and just building my way into these organizations and gaining the trust of the top people in the firm to the point where when they were looking for the leadership and, and the top tier of, of the, you know, the pinnacle of their organizations, they would call me and ask me to find C-level talent. And so that's how my career sort of ju- uh, juxtaposed to where it is now. Okay, now you mentioned one word on that. You mentioned uh, developing trust. Uh, this doesn't seem like the sort of business where one hops out and makes cold calls. You you have to put yourself in a position of being seen as worthy, correct? Yes, I put myself in a position to be a trusted advisor of an organization. So that entails me to travel around the world, meet various candidates, see, you know, people can look wonderful on paper, but sometimes when you meet with someone, you'd like to see if they would click with the culture that you're representing at the various companies. So that's the fun part, where you get to wine and dine the clients, get to know them in various situations. Most of them have an impeccable pedigree and great credentials, but a lot of times you want to get to know the individual that you're trying to recruit. Oh, I'm glad you said that. It's it's uh, it's so important. The content of character is uh, beats heck out of any resume. Uh, That's sure, true. Depending on whose survey you believe, 
About uh, 85% of the firms are promoting their CEOs from within. I believe it's something like seven for Fortune 500. I believe it's 17 years they've been there or something. But you're so you're taking care of the other 15% in effect. And when you reach out uh, beyond um, to to a firm, uh, what are they looking for? What are, what what uh, are firms now telling you, Sharon? We really want and need this. What are they telling you? I think a lot of times companies reach a point where they are looking beyond their their existing infrastructure and their existing talent. And they'd like to change it up a bit. Perhaps they'd like to make profits stronger, or perhaps they'd like to take a different direction with their culture. So they're looking for a specific individual that can take them in another direction that could achieve their goals. So they'll reach beyond the existing organization and bring someone in to sort of freshen up the organization to lead, delegate, and really take on and, and try to put the company into a, a different path. And, and really, they're looking for someone who they can find has a vision of what the firm would like to accomplish, and they would like me to find that individual. So, so it, goes, it goes beyond they, the tail of just not. looking at the resume. Okay. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Well, I, I'm curious though. You make it sound as if they 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 have a craving, and and but they don't know which restaurant they want to go to. Uh, <laughs> do, do boards and nominating committees? really know what they want? Um, or are they just sort of giving you some deal-breaking parameters and ask you to run up there and fetch them a tiger? <laughs> I think sometimes the boards are looking at a wish list for the characteristics that they would like to have in a CEO. And my job right, as just right. being an industry leader is to inform them what the trends might be in the market. So they might have an idea of what they think they may want, but just knowing the organizations as I do, sometimes I can recommend another type of individual that I think would be beneficial to help, out, to help the organization grow. So sometimes it's a combination of both the wishes of the shareholders in addition to my insight in guiding the company. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go in and you talk to uh to a board, or I'm sorry, when you talk to a company, who sits in front of you? Is it the board nominating committee for the most part? Uh, you mentioned shareholders, uh, which sort of surprises me. I uh, thought that might be, I would think that would not be within their uh, purview, but uh, who, who do you stand in front of when you um, when they're presenting their wish list uh, or ideas to you? It could be an assortment of individuals. Sometimes it can be the actual CEO himself or herself who would like to meet with me and say, look, we need a change of leadership. That person may be stepping down. Or it might be someone within the organization that would like to conduct a search. And what they would do is just bring in some of the senior executive management from the company in order to give me an idea of what they're looking to do. And it's my job to look outside, do some research, or perhaps go into my existing database and find the people that I may know or may not know and just reach out to them and just see if they may be appropriate for the position. Mm. So they they do sort of have uh, – they, they really are depending on, on you more than uh, just picking up a hunting license. What they're <laughs> – they're, they're asking for, for a little guidance uh, along the way, right? Yes, that's instrumental in helping the companies know what's on the market, um, who are the type of individuals that might be attainable to them at this time. Um, so I give them a little bit of research also about the 
CEO compensation, uh, what's affordable, what's not, uh, sort of a range of what they might be looking to do compensation-wise. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into the search. So I just provide a lot of information to the people with, who hire me in order to educate them about the market overall, and perhaps, again, give them some guidance on the type of person that might be the most beneficial to them. Uh, just for the fun of it, uh, I'm sure there's some uh, very, very capable people on on boards and on on committees and so forth who are, who, shall we say, have a, a little delusion about what's out there and what they can get it for and so forth. Can you give us one or two of sort of the strangest uh, quality or deal breaking points that companies have ever asked you to include in a search package? <laughs> well, one of the one of the funniest qualities that they had asked me to do is, is find someone who has a, a great sense of humor and who is a lot of fun to lead their corporation. Now, I'm all for having wonderful people with with great personalities leading an organization. Uh, I believe that's, oh, that's great. You a wonderful package to have. <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, the person that you want, you know, you take Steve Jobs by way of example. Maybe he was a little bit difficult to get along with, but what great vision that guy had, and he was able to oh, lead yeah. in certain directions. <laughs> was he warm and fuzzy? We probably would say he was not, but <laughs> but what a leader he was. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes your package no, can't have you can't have everything. <laughs> right, right. I I would I would think so. I think that one of the things that I found most interesting was that uh, the National Association of Corporate Directors has said that uh, it, it, they listed their 10 top qualities that they wanted in CEOs and in fellow board members. And number three was civility, which came in four points ahead of financial uh, knowledge and ability. And I thought that was rather fascinating. I think so. I think one of the important characteristics is the ability to lead and have the credibility and the track record to bring people together. Because if the CEO does not have that type of uh, trust or credibility, uh, that would make it very difficult uh, to have a real cohesive type of uh, community in a company. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I think there, that, that is, and it's such a, it's an almost mystical quality, which we'll talk about later. But, but right now, I'm, I'm curious about one thing. Uh, you have been, from uh, as I understand it, to nearly 60 countries in search of the ultimate CEO. And <laughs> yes. I am wondering what nations are providing us with the best leadership. I mean, I, I heard that you just came back from Budapest a little bit. Does Hungary hold some hidden wealth of executive talent that uh, of which we're all unaware? Yeah, the, the countries in um, Europe, in, in certain industry sectors such as the pharmaceutical uh, industry, they have a wealth of individuals who are, are leagues ahead of even the U.S. with some of their experiments and some of their trials that they're doing. So there is a belief that some of the executives may have some of that science experience that we may not necessarily have here in the U.S. Oh, but I will say okay. this, but I do think the top leaders do come from the U.S. And to back it, I was looking at some of the surveys, and they said the majority of leaders um, out there, the CEOs in the, fortune, uh, the top 500 CEOs, have attended Harvard and Stanford. Um, and in, in a third came University of Tokyo. So the big leaders are coming from the U.S., which is great. Yes, I, that's that's true. I'm wondering, how, how do we do abroad? Um, that is... Are there is is there a great pull to have uh, from foreign companies to have U.S. Uh, CEOs? 
I would say that a lot of the foreign companies like the fact as a CEO, regardless of where they're, where they're affiliated or where their country is, if they do have U.S. school training, I think that's a big plus. Oh, but I will add, okay. I, I, yeah. But I, but I will also add that some of our greatest CEOs, many of them were dropouts, like Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, yeah, Steve Jobs. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, yes. never, it never hurts. No matter, even if you didn't go to an Ivy League school, you still have hope to be a great CEO. Or uh, as, as far as I understand it in the tech world, you have to get through most of your freshman year at Harvard, and then you're golden. But if you graduate, you're really going to be a grunt. <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> Is that a quote from Bill Gates? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that's one of those. Uh, yeah, right. That's one of those, uh, those sillinesses from my wife's husband. He doesn't know much. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if, if we can calm down here a minute now, we have come to the midpoint of our feast, and so I'm going to ask us all to take a brief sorbet. And it's time for me to introduce the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, the creator of Bart's Books, Ultimate Business Guides, among many others. And you may visit bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of wisdom, very practical and applicable tools from various business masters. Prometheus Publishing would also like you... uh, to invite you to take a look at one of its uh, much sought after guidebooks. And this is the book that launched this show. It is entitled by the same name, The Art of the CEO. And this volume uh, puts all the applicable tools in your hand. It holds everything about leading a company from sculpting yourself into the ideal candidate to grooming the board, romancing the C-suite, you name it. And most of all, it tells you how to put your best self to work. The author and radio show, Mr. Daryl Gunter, endorsed the book by saying it's one of the best books on leadership he's ever seen in his long career, full of wisdom. What are you waiting for? So there's a quote. You can find The Art of the CEO at bartsbooks.com, and we invite you to come and browse and gain what you need. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those who are wise enough to enjoy both the sunrise and the sunset of this day, we are back with Ms. Sharon Mon, head of Mon Consulting, which finds the best place for the CEOs in this wide, wide world of business. So, Sharon, in America's Fortune 500, and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, I believe it's 65% of the CEOs are coming from operational backgrounds. Um, sales and engineering run around 19, 17%. Where do you see the C-suite members coming from? What what fields? I'm seeing a lot of the CEOs now coming from uh, technology, and a lot of them are younger, and they're growing into these prominent positions as CEOs of their companies. Um, some are doing well, uh, and I do see a lot of them coming also from you know the standard financial firms. Uh, having that uh, quant-focused background is very helpful, too. Yeah, I, I, I know that the the, aids, the days of the president who would turn all the financial matters over to those boys in finance is long gone. <laughs> the CEO uh, has really got to have uh, his fiscal head together. But I'm. have you seen, you talked about technical, have you seen highly technical people take over uh, and, and be CEOs of non-technical firms? 
Sometimes I think it just depends on um, some other skills that they may possess and how it might parlay itself into whatever position they're looking to do. So sometimes it can be very helpful just to have that analytical focus. I think that's very a very strong trait for a CEO. I see. Okay. So so we've done a little geek myth busting right here. And uh, <laughs> that if uh, just because you really do know how to handle things technical doesn't mean that you stare at your own shoes at a cocktail party. So that's good. <laughs> and um, now I'd like to sort of get a little specific here. What kind of skills do you look for when you're hunting for a major leadership position? You said someone who is, you talked about being someone who has leadership qualities. What skills and give us uh, three, four or more attributes that are sort of must-haves for leading a corporation? Well, I think first and foremost, the CEO has to have a core competence. They have to be able to really understand um, the company, the subject matter of the company, and really how to lead. Um, and that involves good communication skills, which would be another attribute. They have to have really good vision on where they want to go and how they want to lead. And part of leadership would be their track record, their creativity, and they have to also be able to, I think, delegate. I think delegate is very important. I think if CEOs get caught up in the minutia, I think that really hinders them from really being able to execute. And what do they call the CEO? Yes, I, I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, they call them the chief enabling officer. They're basically enabling others ah. to do their job. So I, so I kind of look at that, that as you know, a very important factor. But above all, I would I hope, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you listen. This is a quill pen moment. I would like you all to take your pens, dip them in the inkwell, and jot that down. The idea <laughs> of being a chief enabling officer. You want someone who, like Joe Rigby, who's CEO and chair of Pepco Holdings, says, I'm going to see how few decisions I can make and how good a sounding board I can be for others to make decisions and move the company forward with their own um, magical abilities and vision. I I think that that's, that Sharon has just hit on something that's very important, that wherever you are, whether you are CEO or working uh, on the line, you can enable others and help them, and it comes back in spades. So uh, that's uh, that's a very good point, and I, th- I thank you for bringing that up. Um, now, but what about uh, I don't know intangibles, the the, the fire, uh-huh. the glint in the eye. I have a yes. friend, Duncan Hart. He, for a year, he served as the Young President's Organization, and he'd say when when meetings came, he could sit in the airport and watch the Young Presidents come in because they looked like they were ready to hurt somebody. <laughs> I'm not sure that's that's the kind of thing you're looking for. But what what are uh, what are some of the physical, intellectual things that impress you? You're uh, uh, when you're coming to review a candidate. <laughs> well, I like that whole, you know, that gung-ho, aggressive um, type of disposition. I think that CEOs do have to have that fire in their belly, and they have to have that glimmer in their right, eye. Right. Like, they just want to take it on. They're ready to go. Like, they're not entering a popularity contest. They're there to lead, make tough decisions, and do it. And, and they're not always going to be popular, and they know it, and they can handle that type of pressure. But also, I want to put the intangible of integrity. Integrity and trust. It enables trust in the organization to enable people to do their jobs. And I think that's that's very, very important. So the fire yes, and the belly and the trust. That, 
and the trust and uh, if you have integrity, it will it is something that is radiated and everyone picks up on it. There's a sort of a feeling that that you uh, we have put business in the idea of being slick, being clever, being sharp. You want to be sharp. But if the person with a sense of integrity is going to build trust, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that, it's it's very important. And uh, so, and speaking of of special skills, so Sharon, now uh, I'm going to ask you, what do you think? I am told that I have a very very affable nature, that I can talk knowledgeably for hours and hours and say very little at all, and that I know that I I know how to delicate all my workload. All someone else i I'd, I'd love to do. so you think i'd make a good ceo of a major firm what do you think i would absolutely hire you <laughs> i think you have all the right attributes <laughs> you're hired <laughs> sold <laughs> wonderful <laughs> wonderful great i'm ready i'm ready to start as soon as i can figure out how to spell compensation i'll be great I'm and, uh, we can delegate that <laughs> by the way i i just uh speaking of Conversation, which we really weren't. Um, I've seen so many packages on this. My friend Paul Dorf, who runs uh, Compensation Resources Inc., says that probably the best perk that you can get from uh, as a CEO coming into a situation is to get some compensation coaching because it's so complex. Do you do you see people getting? Uh, this kind of coaching because it, it, it's it's not an easy straight salary thing in most cases, right? With with the compensation of the CEO, or yes, I just yes, want to get yes, a little, uh-huh. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes I mean it, it depends on the company and the way they might organize organize the compensation structure. Sometimes it could be straight salary. Sometimes there could be um, shares involved that the that the CEO would get if he achieved certain milestones and goals within the company. So there's a lot of ways to structure that. So sometimes it can be quite complex. And you do have to be careful from an integrity standpoint on how to how to uh, how the CEO would be paid as well. Mm. Well, that very the, the very milestones allows gives gives the company a great deal of room to maneuver. For instance, if they're if they really want to bootstrap themselves out of a hole, they can they can give milestones that reflect that. Or if they're seeking a longer term vision that they feel they don't have, they can. Use a, use different milestones. So it is a it is a very very flexible and very very necessarily tightly structured package. It would seem to me, right? Yes, yes. And I think where some CEOs got into trouble uh, in in former years was with, with the whole uh, golden parachute. When they if they left the company, mm-hmm. what would they be compensated? Uh, that had always been a hot button issue. Uh, so I think people are yeah. becoming more savvy on how to compensate CEOs. So it ties in and correlates with their performance, which I think would be the best way to run a company and more incentivizing. Right. I think so. Sharon, uh, just quickly getting to the matter of the ladies, when we did uh, Behind Every Successful Woman as Herself, the Global 500 had about 12% of female CEOs in the U.S., about 11%. Uh, without getting bog down all the glass ceiling rhetoric and stuff like this. Could you give our female listeners two good ways to set yourself up as a prime candidate for a, a C-suite slot? I think that females should start early and really do what men do as well, which is develop a very strong network and get a great mentor. And there's wonderful organizations that women can join. One that I find particularly helpful is called Elevate 
run by Sally Krawcheck, who is a phenomenal CEO and has done some really good, really made a name for herself by making some great calls on some companies and really built up a strong reputation. So I think that women networking and really delving into a strong, um, you know, learning the skills that they need and getting a strong infrastructure, I think can really, um, you know, skyrocket their career in their later years when they're in their 40s and 50s, when they're looking for these type of opportunities. Oh, I think that's. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I have. We have just time for one more quick question, and I wanted this to be a long one, but I'm afraid we're running out of time. Give me uh, one major trend you see in in CEOs now. That is one change or thing coming on that uh, is representative of the CEO world. I think there's more transparency and CEOs are being held more accountable. So I think that people are, are really holding them to the fire now and really making them be accountable for things that go on within the organization. So I think if they hold those attributes that we discussed with integrity and they have their vision and they're able to lead and they have the competence and they can communicate, I think that will help them in their careers. And I think that they really need to be more strong than ever with the transparency of looking on how CEOs are running their companies. And I think that's great for everyone. Well, I thank you. I thank you thank very you. much, Sharon. We have learned a lot. This has been fabulous. And I'm sorry we have to come to the end of this. I'd, I'd love to go on forever. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid we're coming to the end. So as we round out our show, I'm going to give you uh, the business quotation. Who said, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing noise they make as they go by. And the hint is, this author is one of the most beloved and most crazy ever. And uh, so remember, if you have that, the author of that quote, send it to Bart's, uh, info at bartsbooks.com. And finally, as a parting shot in the words of my wife's husband, if you see an entrepreneur within the last five minutes who has not come up with some fantastic new plan completely to turn their company around, check her pulse. She's probably dead. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Sharon, I thank you for coming on. A pleasure, Bart. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good day. <laughs>